All right, so, uh, sorry. So, we're in chapter 7, page 165, in uh, section 6. We spoke last week about tefillah, and again, we're going through different, um, different things that are part of our new framework for bonding with Hashem, right? When, we're, when you're in yeshiva, so that, uh, that's usually done exclusively through Lima Natayra, almost exclusively. And now when we're out in the world, shift to Yeshua, we need to, we need to you know, have a new framework. And that involves learning in a different way, it involves tefillah, it involves das, it involves all these other things. And now, Kedusha says Madam. So we'll divide it up into two chapters. We have Shabbos, and then uh, the next chapter will be Yom Tif, which I think we really did. I think maybe we skipped before Sukkot, I think we did, the, we did that chapter. Maybe we'll just review it quickly next week. Um, so Kedusha says Madam, right? So he says, he says, you know, the idea of Shabbos and Yom Tif is that Every, right, during the week we're all working we're part of what we call the Shifta Yeshurun but on Shabbos and on Yom Tif, everyone, every person no matter what he, does, what he is during the week is returning to Shevet Levi it's the time right, where, 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 you're, where you're 100% exclusively cut off from the world you're not part of that working you're not a working guy anymore there's no, on Shabbos there's no working guys and learning guys there's only Klal Yisrael and Shabbos and, uh, and it's a tremendous opportunity for us if we appreciate you know, this concept that we can really get a whole lot out of it. Because if you remember in the first, all the way in the beginning of the Sefer, we discussed how there's all these different phases of human life, there's different phases of history, there's different phases, right, different groups of Klai Yisrael, right? So Klai Yisrael had the era of the Midbar, where they were pure, 100% supported by Hashem, and Ani covered Man, 100%, and then they went on to live the real world, right, in Teres Yisrael. Um, a human being, he has his years in yeshiva, and then there's the rest. Klai Yisrael has the Sheva Levi, and the rest. Like, there's, this, there's this dynamic where, right? So Shabbos is the time that within our lives that we're really Sheva Levi. Now, the problem is, and again, I don't want to get a little cynical here. When, when I say this by night, I get more cynical. But like, uh, you know, Shabbos, a lot of people talk about Shabbos, right? It's like one of these things which sells very well. Kiriv, right? Uh, see you on Shabbos, or Shabbat.com, and... You know, it's always a, invite them for Shabbos. It's a beautiful Shabbos project. And people talk about it in like this way that like, you know, you see Shabbos and, you know, you're Neshama and you're Ramesh, a different person. And, you know, we all learned the Rashi and the Dafyaymi, right? That the Neshama Yisrael just means that you can eat more, right? Eat and drink more. But uh, th- that what, we're, what we're dealing with Shabbos on that level, it's a very, very high level. It's attainable for everyone. I'm not, we're not selling ourselves short. But that's, you know... We have to look at the difference between, you know, the result of Shabbos and what, what, what you need to do on Shabbos. Is it something which you have to do on Shabbos? Maybe the result, at a certain point, you can get to a place where you're like living in the Himmels and you look, you look, you know, they used to say when you looked at the thing, Rechaskel on Shabbos, you didn't recognize him. You looked like a different person. Those are wonderful things and ideals. But you have to first just get to the basics. What is Shabbos and what are you meant to do, right? Shabbos, he says, you know, it's like this feeling, it's like an automatic aura and spirit in the air. Right? He says, it's not true, right? What does it say? Shabbos, you have to do. You can't, Shabbos is not going to come on its own. Shabbos doesn't just give you this, this uh, aura and this kedusha without even trying, right? This, it requires something to be done on your end in order to get Shabbos. Right? Now the question is, what is it? Right? Shabbos really is defined by not doing. Right? The, the Torah tells us what to do, right? don't do on Shabbos. Right? So what, is, what are you supposed to do? So he says like this. He says, think, think about it this way. And this is a, it's, a good, it's a good rule of thumb for a lot of the ideas of taimei ha-mitzvahs. But uh, imagine you're sitting down, all of a sudden a person goes quiet. Okay? You're having a conversation, all of a sudden he's just quiet, he's not talking. Now, you have no idea why. Okay? We have a, a few options here. Maybe he ran out of things to say, right? Uh, awkward silence, right? They, uh, on a date, right? Just be quiet. You don't know what to say. 
Or maybe he's thinking, he's deep in thought. You just said something deep and now he's thinking, okay, well, I'm trying to mull it over. Or maybe he's mad at you. He said something uh, that he's upset. Or maybe uh, at that exact moment, there's a moment of silence for the, some soldier or for the, you know, Yom HaShoah, whatever it is. And he's observing, you have no idea, you, right? you know the action you know, is that he's quiet, he kept quiet for a minute. But you have no idea why. <coughs> How do you figure out why? Well, you need context, right? You need context. So if you see that he's looking at you angrily, well, then he's probably mad at you. If you see him, you know, with his hand on his chest, then maybe it's a moment of silence. If you see him going like this, he's, uh, I mean, for, for, for those listening on the podcast, I'm making different hand motions, you could probably figure out, Shraggy. right? Shraggy and Mati. Um, uh, right? So, you know, he's deep in thought. So you have to look at the activities surrounding, right? So a moment of silence is, is an inaction. You're not doing anything. You're just not talking. But depending on the context, that could mean a whole range of things. So Shabbos, right, you're not doing malacha. But you need context to tell us what that is, right? What, is, what does that mean? What does that mean? So Chazal gave us really two sets of context for Shabbos, right? Kiddush and Havdalah. Kiddush is before Shabbos, your Mekadashayu, Mekadashayu, B'yayin, B'dibur, and then after Shabbos there's Havdalah, right? So, so, uh, right? so Kiddush is a really a way of telling us what Shabbos is about, it's Mekadash today. Havdalah is really telling us what Shabbos is not, right? It's separating how Shabbos is different between the other days. You do it after Shabbos. You know, when you're in Yeshiva, so Shabbos is really just part of the schedule, right? You're there, there's the Seder, there's this. But when you're, uh, when you're out in the workforce, recognizing the Kiddush and Havdalah of Shabbos is extremely important, again, to provide that context and to provide the meaning that you need. So let's just let's discuss Havdalah first, and then we'll discuss Kiddush. So let's just first let's speak about Havdalah, page 166. Each person should set the boundaries for the discussion topics that he considers proper for a Shabbos table. Shabbos, there's a Havdalah, right? So he's sitting at a Shabbos table. You want to provide context for your day of malacha. If you're sitting there at the Shabbos table having the same brilliant conversations that you have the rest of the week, you know, when you're going out to eat and whatever, it's not Shabbos, right? He might want to keep sports, business, politics out of it, right? The atmosphere of Shabbos table is determined as much as by what you don't do as by what you do, right? Certain things you don't do by the Shabbos table, right? It's not a firm thing. This is, this is, the, this is the concept of Havdalah. You're saying this is what Shabbos is not, right? The same applies to activities you don't do on Shabbos. Some people, you know, don't play ball. Again, you know, he points out, obviously, like any Barsecha would, you, you know, there's the, there's, you have to weigh this against what well, your kid's sitting there on a six-hour Shabbos afternoon, what's he going to be doing? So sometimes, you know, there's obviously, there's no black and whites here, as always, but, you know, the way you dress, you know, what are you wearing on Shabbos? You know, uh, uh, there are people who don't allow non-Shabbistic foods, right? Uh, you know, we don't, we don't eat, uh, you know, we're not eating, um, I remember the first time I went to a friend of mine for Shabbos as a kid, and they served the meeples and spaghetti by the Friday night meal. It bothered me so, I was a young kid, like, what is going on here, right? So strange. That was his family's meeting, apparently, but like, that's, that's, you don't eat that on Shabbos. That's like, you know, for Tuesday night supper, meeples and spaghetti, you know? You know, it's, it's interesting. It's like sushi, and I, like, I was always wondering about sushi. Like, sushi, people have sushi. Okay, so I think already it's, sushi maybe is, is like a, it's, it's a hush of a food, so maybe it makes sense to have it. But like, Gefilte fish. Gefilte fish is like a Shabbos stick of food. I can't stand gefilte fish. I'm like, I don't like it. But somehow, it has, there's certain foods that are Shabbos stick, right? So you try to have good food, but like, it should also be certain foods are Shabbos foods. We don't have certain foods only. These are Shabbos foods. Also, the opposite issue. This is interesting that it, this made it into the book. This sounds almost like, you know, uh, he says, if you allow yourselves to eat Shabbos food all week long, right? So he says, you know, we're very busy with Chalant and Kugel all week long. 
you know, there's a certain foods which you only have on Shabbos, right? This was a Shammai, you saved it for Shabbos. Okay, yeah, Machlaikah's Hillel is uh, different. But the point is, is that, you know, he says, you may have gained an extra piece of kugel or a plate of chalant, but we lost an important part of our Shabbos by neutralizing the distinct tastes, aromas, and sights of Shabbos. Right? To prevent this desensitization, the stipend would go as far as to take off the Shabbos garments immediately after Abdullah. Quickly change out. I only wear these clothing on Shabbos. Right? Again, it's a certain sense of it. Every person, we're not making blank rules here. I think today already, Chalant and Kugel Friday night is like a chiv, and we have it by night, say this certainly. You know, I'm not the, I happens to be, I, I think there's maybe something, I cannot eat Chalant on any day other than Shabbos. I just, it's, it's, it's not, not, a, not a, it's a physical thing. Like, I'll, it's like, you know, uh, the, with the story of the Gemara with the, with the special Shabbos spice, like, I don't like it any other day. Any other day, it's, it's like disgusting. The Shabbos, I, I, okay, but the point is, everyone in his, own, in his own family, in his own setting, in his own life, has to figure out ways to make his Shabbos meal and his Shabbos day different. How are you distinguishing it? If you're, if you're doing the same things, if you're right, I know there was a guy that, uh, I remember he used to, what was it? He used to wear a Bekesha on Shabbos, right? I was, I was, I was, some, some people do that, right? Because he's not Hasidish, but he wears a suit all week. He works in like a big firm. He wears nice suits all week. He's like, Shabbos, I want to wear something different. This is my, this is my uh, you know, we all wear Shabbos shoes. That's why. He started wearing that. I mean, that's, okay. It's not that surprising that he wears a Bekesha, this guy. This guy's like a regular man. <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm saying, it's the Havdal. Right, 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 right. And like Shabbos shoes, right? So there's, you know, like different style of Shabbos shoes. If I ever like, if I go to like a wedding and I don't have my Shabbos shoes, you feel different, right? There's a certain feel. These are my Shabbos shoes. Just like, it's, 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 and it's a good thing, right? So like, this is the kind of things that you do on Shabbos. These are the things you don't do on Shabbos. These are the things I don't eat on Shabbos. These are the things I don't eat the rest of the week because I eat them on Shabbos. Right? Shabbos should be unique. Shabbos should be special. And that provides the context for, for the rest of the day. One more element that probably straddles the Havdalah Kiddush dimension, right? So there's a little bit of both. This is about Havdalah and also, right, is the lack of separation in time between the weekday and Shabbos. Right? Rashi, right, you have a steer about whether Hashem worked on Shabbos. Rashi says a person can't, you can't, a person can't be medactic exactly when, right? When does Shabbos begin? When does the weekday end? Therefore, there's a din of Tais for Shabbos, right? Yeah, so, so it says, the Medrash name Hashem, right? So the Medrash Right? A human being can't figure out when is Friday, when is Shabbos. It's an exact moment. Right? So therefore, you know, we have a taste of Shabbos because Hashem also really, you know, we want to get to... Hashem did it exactly, Friday, Shabbos. Hashem knows, but human beings can't, right? It's not just, you know, a halacha of taste of Shabbos to add because you want to make sure that you get it at the right time, right? He says human beings can't process an instant transition. Right? You can't go from sitting there in your bed two minutes before Shabbos, finishing up an episode or something, right? Or finishing up a work email, and then a second later, you can't do it. The human being, we, we can't just jump. There's, it's in, in modern uh, psychology, they call it attention residue. Right? One of the reasons why emails are so damaging to your ability to work properly is because every time you focus on something, there's residue. It takes a few minutes to, to be able to switch. You can't just switch topics. You, you, that previous activity is still on your mind. Right? It's just, you know, when you go for a walk, you know, try to, to think a little bit, the first five, ten minutes is just jumbled from the past. It takes a few minutes just to clear it out. This, this is called attention residue. It's an interesting concept. He says you need a transition time. Right? Shabbos has that benashmashas. There's that period you're, you're transitioning into Shabbos. Right? So you have a mincha, you go to shul, maybe a Kabbalah Shabbos. Right? It's a transition. So it's true there are short winter Fridays when work finishes late and people return home late and fall, and fall into Shabbos. Right? Imam is home a second later. 
but there are the long summer Fridays and people, you know, you have more you know, freedom to do your own schedule. So I know we have to bring our kids to the football league. We have to play in the new bowling league. We have to do all these things. But it's important to, to have that time to, to transition into Shabbos. Right? You can't just go from one to the next, you know, quickly shave, shower thing, and then all of a sudden Shabbos. Right? On Erev Shabbos, you don't say Tachna, right? Erev Shabbos, you don't say right? Because already as we get closer to Shabbos, we have to begin to kind of feel that Shabbos. Being ready for Shabbos for a half hour, 45 minutes early, and then going, spending time learning something about Shabbos, or, you know, learning the Parsha, he says it's a game changer. He says, I know it's very difficult, the father comes home from work. Somehow, like, I'm just as harried on the winter Fridays as I am on, on, on the summer ones, right? It's like, it's not, it's not to do with, you know, your schedule. It has to do with, you know, until the last minute you, you find something to do, right? Taking even a, 10 minutes before davening, 10 minutes before you go into shul, a little prep time, it goes a long way. Right? There's a minig among many chassid in page 168 to take a nap Erev Shabbos. Right? It's, this napping is done with a great amount of mesiris nefesh and it's very strongly emphasized. I'm not familiar with this. Uh, it's uh, apparently it's a thing. Right? Besides the benefit of, okay, you, could, uh, you don't have to fall asleep during Kabbalah Shabbos. You could, right? But again, you're preparing. You're going to sleep Friday. It's like, you know, Erev Pesach, you take a nap so you stay up for the Seder. And you're going to sleep Erev Shabbos because you're, 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 you want to prepare for Shabbos. So again, we want, we want to have a tremendous bracha of Shabbos. We want Shabbos to be uplifting, to make us part of Shevet Levi. And like everything, nothing, nothing's automatic. Right? Things don't just happen. Growth in, in, in Tyra and in, in, in Ruchnius requires work, requires preparation, requires coming in, understanding what, when, where, why, and preparing accordingly. Everyone has to do it in his own schedule, everyone in his own family, right? Some people, they take a nap of Shabbos. You know, that's uh, the, you know, the sleeping on the couch that night, right? You're not, you're not taking a nap. I'm sitting there and bathing a hundred kids, you know, maybe uh, helping out, on, maybe helping out for Shabbos is your preparation, right? They have Marayim with Rav Machich Reisha, Malach Shibuta, right? Preparing for Shabbos, doing something, you know, and then if you can, a few minutes before, you know, go to Shul for a few minutes, take a walk, a few minutes, something that will just, uh, will, will, will transition you into Shabbos. And then keeping Shabbos separate, keeping it different and special. Okay, this segues into the Kiddush aspect of Shabbos, which is defined by doing special activities. So there's this what not to do, the Havdalah, but then there's what you should be doing on Shabbos, right? What are the special activities? This should start with the Suda, which again, the Suda should have the very Taira, should have the very Bracha, right? A table is not a Bismedish. Now again, a table, again, unless you're, you know, some, uh, you know, your, your kids are older and they're big Lamdan and you want to sit and spend the whole Shabbos Suda talking and learning, that's wonderful. But at the other hand, you know, a little Varta, you spend time preparing, thinking about it, Right? That's, uh, that's, that's something which is very satisfying. Not some artificial vert that you read off the, off the internet. But actually thought about it, you prepared it, how are you going to say it over to your kids, get them engaged, right? The speaker needs to pick points which he feels are comfortable and clear and appropriate. It has to be a vert that speaks to him, right? You're going to start reading a vert from someone that you don't, you know, it's because you think you're supposed to and it says it in the book. Find something which is appropriate, right? Halacha, Hagada, whatever it is, right? Um, you might want to maybe find something in Jewish history, a story about a gadol. Right, the key is to impart the information and insight in the spirit of sharing something he finds inspiring, right? We'll talk about that in, in general. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But, you know, you can't inspire other people with things which don't inspire you, right? You can't, right? Me, when I speak by night, say there, I focus on a Hirsch. I let the Yamin deal with the Sfasemes. I'm not there yet. I listen enough. I'll, I'll pick it up, right? You have to speak something which speaks to you, right? For you yourself, yes, learn. You should try to diversify, learn stuff. But if you want to give over to your family, it's got to be something which you yourself appreciate, right? And then you could give it over to your kids in a way. We certainly expect our wives to work hard at ensuring a tasty and pleasurable meal. Why do we demand less of the husband for his preparation? You need to come to your meal prepared. 
right? You need to come to Yemil prepared, prepared with the correct way. Again, there's an age thing. As your kids are younger, you're more reading the Shabbos sheets, and there's a certain point where, you know, you have to start figuring out, and you have to keep on sharpening that skill. One more very important area, I'll end with this, in the realm of proactively making the Shabbos, is the halacha that everyone must do some physical act. Okay, actually, I mentioned this earlier. It used to be that much of life, like cooking, laundry, and cleaning, demanded a great deal of physical labor. With the advances in technology and our improved economic condition, we're just about able to avoid anything physical, right? We can buy the entire Shabbos, the Shabbos box, you have it all there, you have a cleaning help, and you can go away for Shabbos to a hotel, and Shabbos requires, you know, no preparation. Again, obviously, uh, you know, if your wife hears that, she won't appreciate that because it requires, you know, and, uh, but technically speaking, you could avoid doing any real preparation for Shabbos. At some point, however, we will lose the connection to the mitzvah. Abal Avayda once commented when he saw people buying ready-made Hanukkah lights. The most profound effect of the mitzvah is the suffusing of one's hands with the oil, with the cotton strands of the wicks caught in one's fingernails. Right? In Sifri Kabbalah, the, the, the virtue of Zeyashal mitzvah is greatly extolled. Right? Again, and, and of course, there's a balance here, right? There's a very big balance, right? You have to weigh cost-benefit analysis. You know, I don't want to sound like grub, but like, you know, a person you're running home and he wants to make a pisman, maybe that's more important, or whatever, whatever the things, every person in his own situation, in his own mitzvah, not trying to put the, the ready-made Hanukkah people out of business. Everyone in his own place has to realize, right? A person should therefore make sure that he performs some meaningful physical activity the covered Shabbos. It's, every, it's true every mitzvah. When a mitzvah is just ordered from the store, it's, it's like a fast food quality, right? It doesn't, you didn't earn anything. It's just, it's free, easy come, easy go, right? When we sweat and labor, spend our time and involve ourselves physically in the mitzvah, the mitzvah becomes part and parcel of us. So yes, technically speaking, Shabbos is don't do malacha, the mitzvah is have food on the, the Suda Shabbos, just have the food, and you're good to go. But if you want to give the context to Shabbos, you want to give context to mitzvahs in general, you need to provide the context, the context of what you should not be doing. How is this mitzvah special? How is it different? Right? You have to provide the, the, what actively, what should you be doing? How should you be preparing? Right? And then the Shabbos Suda, Vars, preparing for your kids, right? And then actually making the effort, putting in effort, because without effort, yes, you technically were with Kaimi Mitzvah. Technically, right? I, I always wonder, like, I, I'm not sure. I have like this, you know, I'm like torn about it. You know, if you can make a sukkah in your house, people that have a sukkah in their house, right? So, first of all, the, you know, the la- I, 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 I have bad back, and I, you know, so the last two years I hired someone to build my sukkah, right? But I put up the schach, even though that's the, the hard part, but like, you know, you want to, the Zeyashal Mitzvah. You don't want to, you know, if, okay, the walls are heavy, you need to hire someone. Right? Zeyashal, a sukkah in a house is a little bit of that different feeling. It's like eating chalant on, uh, right? It's like, it's like eating, you want it to have a feel of a sukkah. Again, technically speaking, these are all technicalities. And maybe if you really knew that the real site of sukkah is the schach, and what you, you would appreciate is even being in your house with the schach. But, but the idea of, of realizing that the mitzvahs themselves, technically you're mekayimit 100%, and if you're a briskarov, that, that's all that matters to you in terms of spiritually mekayim, the mitzvah, then wonderful. But for most of us, we need to have that context, and the context is, is, is it provides the whole mitzvah. The, the meaning of the mitzvah will come from the context. Otherwise, it's just, we don't know what it is. We need that for ourselves, and we need it in each mitzvah, and in this case, particularly Shabbos, to figure out what that context is. How do we prepare for it? How do we maximize? How do we separate it? And then we can get the most out of Shabbos. Yeah. Uh-huh.